welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Buffs and Nerfs, your favorite video game podcast. I'm willing it into uh, reality. Your favorite video game podcast. I'm Andrew Lanza. With me, as always, co-host with the most, Sam Hall. What's up, buddy? Ah, not much. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, excited to be having a little, a little chit chat, a little, a little chit in a chat, a little goof in a gab. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking about live service games. This is, you know, kind of because of the recent news of the new Assassin's Creed game that will be coming out, uh, codenamed, I believe, Infinity. Will I think be it's just ha- called Assassin's Creed Infinity. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a code. I think it's a code name. I think oh, I could be. That. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Infinity. So not a code. It, it's it's been it's been announced that this game will be a live service game. So before we dive into that, uh, I think we should probably uh, kind of define for people what a live service game is. If you want to uh, maybe let people know what a live service game is, Sam. Well, live service game is basically a game that after the initial purchase for further either a subscription or individual purchases they're going to keep updating the game so instead of it just being like when you get on the first day and that's it they're going to keep adding stuff as it goes along i mean there's it's a very broad definition and that can include games that are absolutely live service games like destiny or uh world of warcraft is another example but it could also include games that probably aren't such a live service game like uh, no man's sky which just frequently updates its game so I think we have to put it more in to limit it to the destiny wow kind of definition for this thing. Not just, oh, this game occasionally gets updated sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um like 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 you said, I'll just kind of expand upon it's kinda of, yeah, like it's a it's it's an ongoing game. Like you buy the game, you sit down, you play it, you play through the storyline, maybe some side missions. Game is over. Um, Can I add a health tip? Actually stand up while playing games. You'll I, find the, I don't. That's good. That's good uh, for your cardio and central go on but yeah so it's it's a game that you just pick up you play it you beat it there might be some dlc released for it later on down the line that's how most games work now a live service game is a game that is ongoing the world is persistent it just you know you just keep adding to it you know with uh you know smaller content drops throughout the year with like you know most of them have like bigger you know maybe biannual or annual big content meaty content drops like you said for instance like destiny division um you know you had famously bioware's attempt with uh uh the the, the anthem thank you oh uh, Uh, i just want to say we are now three minutes 52 in and andrew has shot on anthem okay that's i think that's a new record for you i didn't shit on it (laughs) bioware's attempt Hey, he said with uh, contempt. Am I wrong? No, and you're not wrong. Um, so games like that obviously are a live service model. Uh, another another term for the uh, for the phenomenon is like games as a service. So yeah, so it's essentially just a game that continues on indefinitely until the server is shut down. You also have games, you know, like Overwatch and Fortnite that are kind of a game as a service, but maybe to a lesser extent, those are yeah. more of like a PvP focused live service game. Well, I mean, they do keep adding updates to it, I guess. Uh, Absolutely. Through, yeah. So I, it's so hard because those are uh, battle Royale games or like complete PvP only games like Overwatch. I find it's sort of, 
is it a live service or is it just a game that gets updated frequently? Kind of like No Man's Sky isn't a live service, but, you know, once or twice a year you do get a big drop that adds content. And then there are little things it's uh, doing during the uh, in-between times as well. So, uh, Warframe, yeah, I- by the way, is another live service game we should uh, Yeah, mention. Warframe, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, Warframe's kind of a cool outlier because they it is a free game. It is free to play. And they, I mean, I haven't played it. You have played it. But it's, 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 it, it seems from what you've said and from what I've heard, it's like very fair to the customer. It's not like, you know, there's, very fair. There's not like loot boxes or like predatory kind of insidious uh, practices to try to get you to spend money there. It's, it seems relatively, you know, customer friendly, user friendly when it comes to their monetization. Sorry, just a little note. There is one thing I do want to say about this, but I think this isn't the right time for it. When we circle back on Warframe, there is a little note I'd like to say about, um, monetization in that game and how it works and what makes it work compared to other games and stuff like that. But, uh, go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of leads into our like kind of first thing or just, you know, like, um, what some examples of live service games, obviously you and I, huge fans of destiny we've played destiny since destiny one since you know pretty much the launch i believe we played since the beta uh i did not play i i did not play the beta oh well i did and that's right i introduced it to you so i'm the superior destiny player do you like my new voice i think i'll stick with this for the next hour it is grating so yeah so g-r-e-a-t-i-n-g like great very great thank you yeah, so so obviously uh, Destiny, um, we played a bunch of Division One, we played a bunch mm-hmm. of Division Two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so just you know, ga- games like that that just constantly like you can just they they have a- another thing that live service games generally have. There is um, kind of like a social aspect to it, a and then also b they have like, I mean they at least should have like infinitely well not infinitely but like heavily replayable content like things you can grind Mm -hmm. they always have like a loot chase where you're like you know trying to get this loot you're trying to perfect your build not always obviously but they have some sort of incentive yeah they have some sort of incentive to keep you playing it's not just like cool i'm just doing the same thing over and over again for no reason there's always like an incentive to keep playing there's something to play they're always introducing new game modes new storyline missions whatever so yeah, so like obviously we've talked about Division and Destiny before um, on end, but we've never really talked about uh, Warframe. So mm. yeah, please uh, talk, talk about Warframe. Uh, let's let's segue into that thing you wanted to mention. Well, as a live service game, Warframe I think is one of the better ones that kind of respects your time and effort because, and this is not. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Some some. What's up, Tenno? Yeah, I'll take that cash. Thank you very much. All right, I'm back. Uh, Warframe's great. You should all play it. Is that enough? More? More? Um, but what it is about its economy is it's a very cause, like it's almost exclusively cosmetics is what you're purchasing with plat, which is the in-game uh, currency that you use for, you can, it's basically like the super currency, the one you, you can buy stuff early. But you can, the thing about Warframe though is it's very much a PVE game. There isn't, there is a PVP content to it. I'm sure some listeners are going like, whoa, what are you talking about? I love the PVP in that game. And, and may, maybe there are, but it's definitely not like, uh destiny where it's sort of you know the pvp part is a huge part of it and i think what works in warframe is is its economy is geared towards if you're using plat if you're using the uh currency there's gotta be a term for that like special currency what would you call that andrew Uh, premium currency premium currency that's it if you use a premium currency it's almost for um 
A, cosmetics, which don't have an effect in the game, but B, you can buy plans to buy weapons, and you can actually buy weapons that are different, good, and better than what you have. But since it's PvE, all you're doing is really helping the other people you play with, right? So I think that... And I remember when when I was big into Warframe, I did spend a little money on it, and they're very... Okay, with Destiny, like a thousand silver doesn't buy you a lot. It buys you like a little bit with like uh, Warframe. Like if you you bought- get like one skin for a thousand silver, yeah. you got like you got like one skin for like one weapon or like for like one exotic for a thousand silver. Well, yeah, and which uh, is like ten bucks ish. Yeah, and with twenty five bucks, um, well, what's good is is also uh, one thing they do is okay. It's got that little. Uh, I'm not certain what this term is, but it's where you, when you log in every day, you get a little reward. Usually, it's just some material or whatever. You know, something. It's like oh, I got some. Uh, Neurodes, cool. I mean, you need them for some builds, you don't need them for others, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, I got a little bit of whatever. It's sort of a thing you click on, then you just start playing. But every once in a while, they actually give you, with not uh, extreme infrequency, uh, discounts. So if you were thinking like, oh, you know, maybe I'll buy 25 bucks for the thing, and then like, oh, 50% off your purchase, 75% off your purchase. So like, I remember I bought, like, I spent 25 bucks and got $100 worth of platinum, and that's more than enough. I, I, did, I didn't even spend it all. Like, I spent maybe, like, a quarter of it, and I was like, okay, I've got everything I want at this point. So, what if, sorry, let me just finish my thoughts. It's kind of a roundabout way besides me gushing about Warframe, which we should play at some point. I think the, what makes the live service game good is if their model is where you can spend the currency to buy extra content or buy extra things, but we're not forcing it on you. And I think games like Warframe and to a lesser extent, Division did that, where it's not like you're not super forced into purchases. Destiny's it's a little bit more like yeah, you kind of have to be buying stuff to keep playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, wait, did you say in Destiny you have to keep buying stuff? To, I mean, you have to buy stuff to keep playing? Well, what I, okay, what I'm talking about here, I'm going to ignore the cosmetics and actually talk about content. Uh, in Warframe, they frequently do updates that are free for everybody. You know, like, uh, they usually do a drop. It feels like once or twice a year they drop a big, so it's usually a new planet or location. Uh, I haven't really looked into Warframe much in the past year, and I know it's changed, but they keep adding big, meaty drops and some extra, some new uh, frames and things like that. But that's free. So, like, every player gets it. But in Destiny, Destiny very much segments its purchase and non-purchasing community. Because people who don't buy the Seasons Pass and don't buy into the live service for it, they can play Destiny, but it's very limited. Like, they're basically limited to, I think it's like Strikes, Crucible, Trials, and that's about it. And I guess, like, uh, Bounties and, like, the open world zones... But if you pay, then you get access to essentially the whole thing, like the whole new missions, the exotic missions, like that. Like, I think what Warframe and other games do right is where when it's asking you to spend money every year on it, it's not saying, oh, if you don't spend the money, you can't have the complete game. And I, I think that's what I think a live service game works best when the money is spent adding to a game rather than the game itself. Does that make sense? Bit of a ramble. Yeah. Sorry, a lot of coffee today. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. And like, we'll we'll kind of get into the whole like battle pass or season pass yeah. or, or whatever you want to call that in, in, in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, so there, there's some other games that, um, you know, have been live service games. Uh, you have the new Avengers game uh, that came out from Squeenix that um, isn't doing too well. You have, um, like I mentioned, you I have, thought they had uh, done something recently to update Avengers, like to make it better. Am I wrong about that? Done, I thought, right? uh, they they added a feature that docks their 
players. Well, yeah, I listen, to, listen to our last episode for more info on that. I don't <laughs> think, I, I mean, they're always updating it a little bit, but it's always like, it's like kind of like too little too late. It seems like, yeah, but so, I mean, w- one thing that a lot of live service games and almost all live service games launch with is they, they launch with, you know, too little content, you know, some of like the, um, systems that the game is built on be it loot systems or like progression systems or leveling up or whatever are just fundamentally flawed and you just see a lot of game like a lot of live service games really struggle out of the gate Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say almost all of them have struggled out of the gate the only game the only live service game that i can think of that really knocked it out of the park on release was division two like yeah, that was meaty that was a lot of stuff right there. holy shit yeah i mean aside from you know there were some bugs whatever but like division two like they they really really knocked it out of the park on their release that, that that's one game where i mean i kind of fell off of it you know i we, we still i still played a shit ton of division two don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but um they were slow to roll out a lot of kind of the updates that a live service game would kind of have well oh sorry sorry finish your thought Uh, well yeah no i was just gonna say that they they start out with a lot of meaty material like and they had a lot of you know systems in place to keep you playing and to keep you like grinding but there got to a point i think that was the biggest issue for me in division two i think was they just threw way too much loot at you but anyway what what were you gonna say well i was gonna say that um i think with division now with a live service game you have let's say you're releasing on the first of september your new game it doesn't mean everything they've worked on before then is strictly for that first of september release you're probably at that point planning okay we're going to have a raid expansion three months later we're doing this we'll have people work on it oh yeah there's always a roadmap they always release exactly but i think with division two what it did was is they almost said okay you know what we have a very loose roadmap but we want to put everything up front yeah they front loaded and it it worked because it was a lot of fun and you're right though it did sort of run out of stuff and i'm going to say something else about live service games of today versus live service games older games like sort of i'm gonna say the first destiny and division and earlier you see back then it was very much like live service games existed but they weren't as prevailing the sort of the the structure and model that exists today that's almost universally followed was still kind of being shaped so people were willing to accept like a destiny where it was fun but you know there really wasn't that much to do and the storyline was the first destiny storyline is just terrible it's like oh what story i killed a bunch of giant minotaurs cool and, and say division actually i think had a better story even though it was still kind of a republican fantasy but that's for a different podcast but i think what's happened is is since with that's like six seven years ago was when destiny first came out because it was like 2014 am i right about that yes that right. yeah i think what's happened is is that people who play live service games like us are used to a finished and a product that's been out for a long time like destiny 2 and the standard of what a game needs to be at launch is going, it like increases with every year. And I think part of the reason, like if Anthem had come out at the same time as Destiny with essentially the same graphics, the same sort of gameplay, I feel it would have fared better because there wasn't no, this. No. Yeah. No, no Destiny. Des- there's no raid. That Destiny one, Destiny vanilla, Destiny one but, got saved by Vault of Glass. But what I'm saying is, like, the, I think it wouldn't have been the complete uh, failure that everyone saw it as because back then we were more like we weren't used to saying okay these this is what we expect a live service game to launch with like back when destiny came out we were like oh what is this this okay this is shooting in bounties every day okay cool like i think granted anthem would have need to have done something like a raid to stay afloat but i think right out of the gate 
everyone was shitting on Anthem. I think, so. I think uh, there were technical I, issues as well. I, I think it would have been a little bit more forgiven, but at the same time, it did have the roadmap of Destiny 1 where they, you know, like a year and a half out, like mm-hmm. rebooted the game. They did have the roadmap of Division One, where the game released in a completely buggy, broken state. They had all these roadmaps of things to do right. They had Division Two, what Division Two? Like they had these roadmaps. So it's like, yes, I like. I agree that that it would probably have been a little bit more for forget like the general population, the gaming population would have been a little more forgiving when it came towards Anthem. But I think Anthem was, is just a bad game. And I think um, like it would have just been a bad game then too, because it had stupid things. Like you have to like, like halfway through the game, you have to stop playing and like go like grind out shit for forever. And like at the end of the day, if you compare vanilla destiny one to vanilla anthem they're probably pretty comparable i'd probably still say i don't know i haven't played all of anthem but i'd probably still say vanilla destiny one's a little better but oh, then absolutely yeah but then on top of it all as i mentioned they had the raid like fucking like anthem had nothing like vault of glass had nothing like an end game piece of content that like that literally saved destiny like if, oh. if destiny didn't have vault of glass it would have gone down the same road as anthem but I agree. Also- well, that's what i'm saying is that like back then i think if Anth- if the anthem had come out at the same time as destiny there would have been two competitors and people would have been seeing like oh here are these two games let's see what the comparison is and then destiny having a raid would have saved it and anthem would have fallen away but i think when anthem first came out of the gate since we all had these expectations of what live service games were supposed to be it simply didn't have a chance right off the bat because it just wasn't there and i think it's because over time the standard of what we want a live service game to be at the start has gone higher and higher oh yeah absolutely 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 and you said something earlier about how like they're like the model was like still being figured out mm-hmm. and it's like i think the biggest thing was like companies we're still trying to figure out how to make money long term. Yeah. Off these games. Destiny because, came out at the start of that. You're right. Yeah. So it's just like they, they, they come out and they're like, okay, you know, this model of just releasing like little bite sized content pieces every, you know, six months or whatever is not sustainable. Like we like, it's not, we're not making enough money off this. So then you get, you know, microtransactions, you get, you know, cosmetics, you have uh, loot boxes, you have battle pass, season pass, whatever. And it's just like, you need to kind of like, I get it. Like these people need to make money. The game needs to make money, but it's like finding that balance between, you know, being predatory and being like, you know, we have to make money to sustain our game. And, you know, some games have found a good balance in that. Some have not. And yeah, I mean, obviously, if if your game is just some, you know, loot box filled shenanigans, then um, yeah, you know, people are going to vote with their wallet for the most part. Anyway, also one one last thing actually I want to touch on about the whole uh, Anthem versus Destiny thing. Also, I feel like like Bioware was already like like Bioware, like they have a bunch of IPs. They have a bunch of projects going. I feel like Anthem was just like one like piece of this of the pie while like for Bungie like Destiny had to work like Bioware can like Bioware slash EA whatever can afford to be like you know what we tried Anthem it didn't work let's move on to the next thing with with Destiny and Bungie like they didn't have that it was like all hands on deck 
all their chips in one pot, all their eggs in one basket for Destiny. Like, it had to work. So even if it kind of faltered out of the gate, they were committed to, like, maintaining, like, you know, for making it better. Figuring maintaining it out, the going, game. like, what's working, what's not working. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's that, that's just one thing that, while you were talking, I wanted to mention, but kind of got sidetracked anyway. I... 100% agree with you. I feel also the thing that uh, Anthem had against it was it was sort of out of Bioware's wheelhouse. Like they were more of a single player story driven thing and they tried to make that but make it also a live service game. So I think which is why there was a whole disparity between the single player story and then what it was like playing with people. I I think you're right. Bungie basically said we're making a shooter. We're making an online shooter. We're only going to focus on this. Bioware kind of wanted to make a hybrid that didn't really work. That actually kind of segues perfectly into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so what what happens a lot, like what you just said with uh, Anthem, was Anthem started out as more of like a traditional kind of like Dragon Age or like KOTOR style game. And then what they did was where the higher ups wanted to shoehorn in this whole you know, looter shooter, live model games as a service aspect to it, you know, with a kind of social hub and et cetera, et cetera. They, they shoehorn that in. And you see that with games like, uh, Wildlands. What, what, what's it called? Um, Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Borderlands? Yeah. Wildlands? Wildlands. Okay. Yeah. Bo- yeah. Not Borderlands. Borderlands. Did is- we pick that up for free and just never play it? Like, I think I, got- I played it a tiny little bit. I think I put like three hours into it. And then there was like the other one, the, the, the newer one, not Wildlands. There was like ghosts or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, ghosts I just got ghosts. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't called that. Yeah. Um, anyway, those, like those games have this whole like kind of social hub aspect just like built, like they, it's just so shoehorned in mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, that these companies were like, okay. Games as a service, live service games are like the new hotness right now. These games are making a shit ton of money. We have to implement this into our games somehow. Because we we talked about this the other day where if you're playing a single player game and your guy looks dope as hell, like that's cool. But like you're not really going to go out of your way to buy skins and cosmetics for your, for your guy to make him look dope as hell. Because Speak for yourself. Go on. Okay, well, I said not really. I mean, I'm sure some people do, but it's like you're not really going to purchase a lot of uh, skins to make your guy look cool because nobody's going to see it. Even when you're in like a social hub in a game like whatever, Destiny or whatever, you're not necessarily looking at every single person, what they're wearing, but like... It's definitely like it's called Destiny for a reason. Like everybody, you know, everybody likes to look flashy in a video game, make their guy look good, make him look cool. Your armor usually tells a story. Sometimes it's a story of how much money you spend. Sometimes it's a story of like, yo, I got this really sick chess piece from beating this raid, yada, 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 whatever. And sometimes it's a story of the fact that you only know sh- like shaders that are pale blue and off white. God, terrible. Come on, guys. There's a whole bunch of colors out there. Not uh, you. I'm, this, that's a this guy's, to, uh, this, guy's geek, this guy's geek keeping shaders. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. You gotta uh, look good, son. I mean, in their mind, they do. Um, but anyway, so there's just like an aspect, like a social aspect, um, to wanting to look good in a social environment. You know, you're playing with other people. You want to look cool. You want to have the cool gear. But when you're playing by yourself, you're like, I mean, you, you, you obviously to an extent look how your character looks, but like it's not to the same extent. So they want. So these companies want to sell microtransactions they want to sell skins so they make these games they shoehorn in a live service to make it a social game so you're playing with other people you see other people in social hubs and that incentivizes people to spend money to look cool 
I I agree with you. I basically don't have much to add. It's like I think the issue is some games just uh, maybe this is going to be less and less as people as companies try to make more and more specifically live service games. But a lot of live service quote live service games, it really feels like they had this game and then they just kind of threw on a coat that said live service. While games like Destiny and Division to varying degrees of success were more like oh no our spine is live service like we are live service we we. We have a design philosophy that includes that, not a, oh, we should add this to our original game design yeah, philosophy. Yeah, it's like top-down multiplayer. It's in their DNA, is I guess yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's in the DNA, good way to put it. It's like it's like, it's like top-down multiplayer. It's top-down, um, you know, uh, game, game as a service. You have now, Destiny's really utilizing it with the last few seasons where it's almost like a TV show that you turn, tune into every week where every week there's a new mission, there's like a new little mini quest line, there might be a little storyline con- like content, there's some cutscenes, and the story progresses week to week, so it gives you a reason to log on week to week because you're like genuinely invested in this storyline. So that, I mean, that's that's definitely an issue with live service games is, you know, the, the shoehorning in. Obviously, again, there's a battle, like, you know, you can spend a battle, a battle pass or a season pass where, you know, for that season or for that for that span of time you're you know leveling up this pass and every time you hit a level you get like some sort of rewards and usually with a battle pass there's like a free track and then there's like a paid track and the paid track obviously has some like better rewards better you know premium premium currency some sort of some you know cool rewards whatever so i don't know i feel like i'm okay with a battle pass like i get it it's it's one of those things where it's like it's not the most egregious cash grab in my opinion mm-hmm. again that depends on what you're getting for the battle pass destiny's battle pass like the season pass you get the battle pass you get like all that storyline content you get exotics you get you know seasonal activities whatever i think that's i think the destiny for how much is it it's like 12.99 or something yeah, like that yeah it's like 12 or 15.99 canadian and that's like what it's like four months of content like three months um, i think yeah i'm you know what i'm i'm completely fine with that they do you know bigger meaty chunks every year uh same with division i picked up what, what was the division two like the warlords oh expansion? warlords of new york yeah yeah i didn't i didn't beat i, th- I beat the like storyline and whatever of of that but i didn't actually go through and like do all like you but know there was all actually the a fair amount of stuff that in there it was it was yeah. it was a nice little expansion to uh destiny 2. i thought it was uh sorry division 2 i thought it was one of the better expansions i've seen a game do for their content and finally finished off that Aaron Keener plot line that they left hanging from Division One. Yep. Um, so yeah, so there are games that do it well. And again, I for all the problems that Division Two has, it, it, like it still I feel like was for the price tag that you paid at launch. Like there was so much content for Division Two. It was even you, you, like across the board, like the the gaming community across the board was like, holy shit, this was like a live service game that like actually launched with a good amount of content. Mm-hmm. Shit wasn't broken again. There was still bugs. It is division. It is, it is uh, a massive game. So there are bugs, but yeah, I like as long as like I, I don't mind if I like a game, I don't mind paying money for it. You know what I yeah. mean? New, new content, blah, blah. The game, like I'm still playing this game. I'm getting hours and hours out of enjoyment out of it. What's it? What's 1299, you know, every three months to keep playing it and getting more out of the enjoyment. You know, there are games that are just straight up, you know, like wow or whatever that are subscription based. That are straight up. You need to pay money to play this game. So it's like, this isn't to that extent. You can still play destiny without, the battle pass or the season pass but it's not going to be the same experience 
Well, I find with Battle Pass, I don't look at it as uh, this is a thing that I need to have to have fun or whatever. I actually see it almost whenever I buy a Battle Pass for a game, it's a reward for for the company for what they've given me before. I'm going to give an example of a different game other than Destiny. Uh, Call of Duty has a Battle Pass, and their, their periods are like three months as well, I think. I think. I could be wrong about the time. It might be actually four months. And Call of Duty is fun. You know, it's not my favorite game but every once in a while it's just nice to play a, a game where you don't you turn your mind off you're just shooting things and what's nice about their battle passes there's a few uh like weapons and stuff that are really just uh specific loadouts for a weapon it's sort of hard to describe but it's mostly cosmetics and stuff like that and i'm willing if you're giving me good content i'm actually it actually makes me more willing to buy a battle pass than something yes, that's yes. locking it behind it like um for example, Red Dead Online has, uh, quote, battle passes, and I think you need to buy them if you want to do certain storylines. Or it's it's because it's the only way to get gold or something like that. I mean, or it's the easiest way to get gold. I can't remember. I'm, I'm going to let that little bit trail off while I just sort of don't really say any more about that. Yeah. And here- I mean, that's that's another game. Like Red Dead, the, the online Red Dead, like the game as a service, mm-hmm. that was like when it launched, I mean, we played a shit ton of it. It's but it was, fun, but it's not good. You played it. You played it. You came back to it after I left. But I remember I, I like if I were to log on to my Red Dead account right now. I would have a shit ton of gold because I grinded the fuck out of that game. But well, like I, I was only sorry, playing sorry, it because I only was only I was only playing it because I really loved Red Dead at the time. Um, but it was broken. It, like when it first launched, it was literally broken where you like couldn't do missions. Um, it was just, there was like such a lack of content. Some of the missions like wouldn't finish. Um, yeah, that was a poor state. Anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I was just going to say when we started playing Red Dead, uh, one of the things about gold, which is that games, uh, Red Dead Online's premium currency was, in, it was almost like, I think we started in, I want to call it like the beta. Was it the beta or something like that? It wasn't like the full official release or in the first days they were just like, Oh, hey, did you log on this week? Have 50 gold. You know, it was very, uh, thing, but you were right. There was really nothing to do. You just had to kind of dick around and do your own thing. You had to and, make your own fun, really. Yeah, exactly. But I'll say this now in Red Dead's defense. There is actually a lot of good content for it, but the one drawback is is that whenever you want to start one of the careers, which is their whole thing, there's like a bootlegger, bounty hunter, uh, Mountie. No, there isn't a Mountie, but there should be. Um, and now you have to. What you have to do is you have to pay ten gold, and it used to be pretty easy to have ten gold because we were playing and they were like constantly giving us, "Oh, thanks for logging on here, have fifty gold." But n- I'm gonna say it's it's the. That game as a live service is, I'm going to say, one of the more predatory ones. Like, it's it's very stingy with gold. You have to, like, log oh, in yeah, it's, every it's, day. It's a rock star do, game. Yeah, it's very, like, it's basically designed, like, GTA Online to get you to spend money. And, uh, again, they are a business. I understand they're not, like, a socialist gaming company. They are a corporate gaming company. they got to make money how they can. And it just feels like Red Dead Online isn't quite worth it. It's fun to play, and I may reinstall it someday and play it a bit more, but it's just, it's never 100% satisfying the economy and the sort of the battle pass thing around it. The actual gameplay is still fun. I love hunting. I love, like, the actual moment-to-moment gameplay. But I find overall it just doesn't, when you put time into that game, unless you're enjoying what you're doing on a moment-by-moment basis... I find it's one of the worst rewards, sort of like, you know, Destiny, you grind because you want to get a gun and then that gun becomes great and then you use it in things like when we work for Xenophage or other things like that. But um, 
Yeah, RDO is sort of, it's a live service game, but I'm going to say it's probably one of the uh, worst ones out there from a live service perspective. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I was definitely playing it because, as I said, at the time, I was just like, I, I had beaten the storyline for mm-hmm. Red Dead. I had, you know, I didn't platinum the game by any means, but like I had gotten what I wanted out of the single player Red Dead. And now I wanted to posse up with the boys and just like ride around. And like, that was like a really fun part of Red Dead Online, which is like, like posseing up. Everybody's on their horse. You're just riding out. But then you're also like, okay, cool. Like what? Like we're all together. What do we do? There's like two story missions. Oh, let's do. Maybe they might work. Some PvP and I, I Red Dead's PvP. I found. I know you liked it way more than I did. I found it very unsatisfying. Like it was sort of like. Well, the auto aim was just fucking. Yeah, and the control. The controls aren't very clunky. Yeah, it's not a good game control wise for PvP because when a PvP game you're playing, you definitely need to never think about your controls. It needs to be just instinctive what you're doing because you're trying to focus on other human beings who are going to be unpredictable and you got to be focused on that. But in this one, I was always focused on like, wait, how do I pull up my shotgun? Wait, what am I doing? How do I get on my horse? How do I take cover? You know, it's, it's not very good in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, we've kind of harped a little bit on, um, what we don't like about live service games. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of, uh, jump into what I do like about a live service game. Personally, like I've always, when I've gotten to the end of a video game, I'd always get sad. I'm just like, when I'm kind of like at like the last section or like, you know, I'm about to fight the last boss. It's like, I got like all my like high end armor. I got like, you know, my, my weapons are all maxed. I'm all maxed out. I got all the potions and elixirs and whatever. I'm just armed to the teeth. My, my party's all leveled up. I got to like, my builds are all there and I beat the final boss. You know, there might be some side content some extra missions some like secret bosses whatever but for the most part when you're done a game like i mentioned before when you're done a game you're done a game and i'd always be like oh like this sucks you know sometimes there is a new game plus where you can like take your armor with you or whatever but you know there is a you know games for the most part have a finite ending so when i first got into games that I think maybe the first game I can think of that I played that maybe it wasn't a live service game, but definitely kind of kept going was Borderlands. I remember playing Borderlands one. And again, that's not a live service game, but that was like the, I don't know. I would say that's maybe one of the first games that just kind of like there was, especially when I got it, there was just a whole lot of content. So again, that's not a traditional live service game, but that was like one of the first games where I was like, Oh, I can like keep taking my character and like go on and on and do all these different things. Then destiny comes out. And like, I think destiny was the first real live service game that I played where I was like, Oh shit. Like this game keeps going. Like there's this game's going to be out for years possibly decades who knows at this point and i can keep taking my character through it like i have my same character that i created the first time i booted up destiny i brought him all the way through destiny one all those years brought him all the way you know brought him to destiny 2 imported from you know uh playstation moved him to steam and i'm still playing that same character to this day like i like it's pretty fucking cool in my opinion there like i have a history with this character for now when, when, when did we say destiny came out 2014 2014 uh i want to point out your history with that character is never taking your helmet off it's so weird listen that's my face bro i have an ah, exo whoa but yeah so it's just like i i just love that and i love that you can for the most part take your like what like they're you know sunsetting destiny 2 like you know you can't take your stuff from destiny 1 to destiny 2 but it's like you still have those like old school weapons that 
you know, your exotics or your exotic armor that you have taken with you all the way through. There's just something to be said about that. I don't know. I'm a nostalgic person. I have a soft spot for that kind of shit. And I, I, I love that. I, I love it to death. So that's definitely one thing I really love about a live service game is the fact that like, even when you quote beat the game, there's always something more to do. A hundred percent. Uh, I think I'm, I'm basically just going to parrot you almost, uh, I like, I, I created a character with the original Destiny. I've taken her through all of Destiny, all of Destiny 2's content for the most part. I, I don't do raids, but other than that. And yeah, it's, there's something nice about, like, it, the truth is in Destiny, it doesn't really matter. It's not like you're spending skill points that leveled up your character in one path and then avoided another path. It's like you can change your character's, uh, class if you want to call it that, or subclass easily. And everyone has. But you can't change their appearance or their class ever. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Which I'm fine with. It's like okay, I made this hunter. I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, at least but, you, at least you should be able to change their hair if they have hair. Yeah, you know what I will say that was one thing Division Two did nice did better was that basically you go into a bathroom in your base and you can just change your look entirely. And but yeah, I like the consistency. I like this sort of like logging into a game every couple of days and going okay, you know what I'm going to work on this because I'm trying to level up that or sort of thing. And I always peter out on, near the end of a season like now for Destiny, for example, by. You know, you stay after once, once you get to a certain point, either the max light level or you've just pretty much done everything you really feel like doing, you can peer off. But what's nice is I know that at some point in the future, Destiny is going to release something else and I'm going to be right back in it. So I, do, I, I like that investment of time into a character like you were talking about. Like, I feel like this is a real, well, not a real person. I'm not like Tom Hanks and Mazes and Monsters dated reference. And it's just sort of. I enjoy one of the things I think a good live service game does is it always feels like coming home when you go back to it. It always feels like, oh, you know what? Yes, I'm glad well to be back into this. And Destiny and Division 2, I felt, also does. I, I every once in a while, like, even like just this week, I was like, eh, maybe I'll reinstall Division 2 at some point, check and see what they're up to these days. Yeah, no. Uh, and um, if so long as they respect my time, mm-hmm. like, I'm not spending an excessive amount of time to get uh, items of some quality, and they respect. Um, how would I describe it? The mechanics also respect my time sort of thing or my effort, whether I'm playing by myself or with friends. One of the things I think Division 2 that was really good was introducing the ability to share loot with other people. You Division were on 1 the had team. it as well. Oh, did Division 1 have it as well? Yeah, of course it did. But um, I think that's one, one thing that wouldn't work in Destiny, but is an example of a live service game saying, we understand we're... The, how our, the reality of our game. So here's a little thing to mitigate the problem of like a constant loot drop and most of the stuff you don't need. Now you're like, Oh, is anyone looking for like an LMG? I just got this, but and you can just drop it and they can pick it up. And I think that's something that good live service games do is they respect your time and they make it easy for you to deal with other players in the game sort of thing. But I mean, that's, that might be getting onto a different topic. I feel like acting about interactions with other players. No, no, I mean, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it's kind of like in the DNA, like there's like matchmaking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy. It's easy to do. Yeah. Um, as, as far as like the sharing loot, I just want to touch on that. The, there's the sharing loot division works because there's so many levels yeah. of RNG on each piece of loot. Like with Destiny, it's like, oh, you have a couple perks. There's a couple different it perks. It wouldn't you work get. in Destiny. Yeah. It's like there's only like, there's maybe like, you know, I'm making it up, but like, you know, there's maybe like, like 50 different perk combinations. I'm sh- there's tons more, but you know, there's like a bunch of different perk combinations, but like in division, there's so many different perks and like, you know, there's, um, there's like, Don't forget, the, there's 
quality of the perk as well. Like, do you have plus fifty percent armor or plus sixty percent armor or plus seventy percent armor? You know, yeah, and then like there's that. like then there's also like you know talents on it. And then there's what what do you call it? The makes the uh, brands or whatever. Yeah, the brands. Um, yeah, yeah of of each thing. So there's just so many layers of RNG on each pre- on each thing. So it's so easy to just be like you're playing with some friends and be like, hey, I'm looking for like this holster with this talent made by this like brand. Um, if you guys come across it, let me know. And then somebody else will be like, oh, I'm looking for this. You know, I'm looking for this, you know, LMG mm-hmm. with these talents, whatever. Let me know. Oh, hey, I just got this exotic everyone's grinding for. I've already gotten this. I'll just drop it and someone can pick it up. You oh, know, yeah. It's like, I, it's I remember, like, too, like, I remember playing Division 1. And, like, by the end of Division 1, I had, like, all the exotic weapons and shit. So I, I would get, like, a house. And the house was, like, the big weapon to get. And yeah. I'd get a house. And I'd be like... Who wants a house? People will be like, oh my god, like losing their minds. Yeah, it, it, I will say a nice, uh, the other thing that Division understands is gear is important, but it's not important. There isn't a reason to really hold on to exotics other than to get exotic pieces for upgrading or possibly building a better exotic. But it's not like, oh, I have to hoard every piece. And Destiny does that as well, sort of thing, where it's like, it understands, a good live service game understands that you don't want to have a full inventory at all times. Which that was the thing that ruined Division Two for me is why I just constantly had. It I think I had a more like uh, brutal, not brutalist. That's a well, I know, but I would but just I was play more like I, nope, gone, gone. Like I, I know, was, I would, but but the thing is, I would play for like twelve minutes and then my inventory would be full, and like yeah, I can sit there and delete it every time, but then it's like then what am I playing for? Like I'm playing for loot. So it's like, you have to still go through it. But anyway, one, one thing I did love about division two or division one as well is if you're playing and you can like, and you're playing with somebody that's clearly like under leveled, you're just like at the end of a run, you're just like, boom, here's everything mm-hmm. I got. Like none of this stuff matters to me, but I know every single one of these pieces is an upgrade for you. So like well, go nuts. Division two introduced um, this really great system that actually, Again, wouldn't work in Destiny, but it's great for Division 2, which is like, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically, if you're having trouble with a boss, you can summon help. And as a player, when back when I was at Mac playing it all the time, I would get these notifications saying, like, this guy needs help. So you would join them, help them with whatever they're doing, whether it was just a story mission or uh, taking out a checkpoint or whatever. And I always made sure to be like, hey, don't quit right at the end. I'll just drop you whatever I get. Because you would get gear that isn't really good for you because you're probably, like, a world tier ahead of it or whatever. But... It was it was a great system because if you called for help, you didn't just get through the content quicker. You also had a chance of someone who was going to be like, "I don't need this here." You're getting more loot. It's like it's like you had two people picking up loot for you, kind of thing. I thought uh, that was a brilliant mechanic in Division Two. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that could work in in Destiny as well. Mm. Um, but I mean, but then you would you get are back pretty... into loot sharing, which again, I Destiny doesn't have quite enough. Like but I'm just you saying, saying just the call, like the call for help. Thing. Oh but yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah. for for the most part, you are match made for most things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can't think of anything where I would do it and be like, "Oh shit, maybe I could have got someone to help me with this." That didn't already have matchmaking built into it. Yeah, yeah. And like another thing that you said is like a live service game. It it really needs to respect your time. Well, I mean, really, any game needs to respect your time, Mm -hmm. and it needs to like what I love about you know certain games, like you know specifically Destiny or whatever, is that do you have half an hour to play? Cool, there's something for you to do. Do you have three hours to play? 
cool. There's something for you to do or a bunch of things for you to do. Like you can, you can play as little or as much as you want, but there are times where it does kind of feel like that needy partner that like is like, you gotta log on every day or you're gonna miss out. Mm. Like, you know, like they definitely, these games definitely do prey on FOMO. Um, Destiny specifically has gotten a lot better with, uh, you know, alleviating some of the FOMO with, um, you know, not making things so limited, like, oh, like you can only play this thing for these three months and then it's gone forever. Or you can only yeah. do this activity for like this, like two weeks or like, you know, t- today you can only or, like, this weekend, whatever. So, I mean, these games, you know, they, they are kind of taking a bit of a page from, um, you know, mobile games in that, you know, there is FOMO. There are these kind of, you know, microtransactions and, it, as, as I said earlier, it's all about like finding that dial where it's like, you know, how much, you know, how much they're respecting your time, how much they're respecting your wallet yeah. versus, you know, how much content there is, whatever. A hundred percent. Another thing that I, I do really enjoy about a live service game is kind of like the whole idea of like the live service is almost kind of like a big portion of the live service is the end game. For people that don't know what the end game is, is kind of like, once you beat the game, like once, you, like a lot of games, it's like once you beat the quote storyline, that's kind of when you start the, like the end game. And there should be this whole chunk of stuff for you to do. And this is what a live service game should strive for is that once you beat the initial kind of storyline, which is, you know, maybe 10, 15 hours in a live service game where you beat the initial storyline, there should be something built in where I mentioned earlier, there's like grindable content. There's hard level, you know, things that you can test mm-hmm. your build. You can test your, you know, your, you know, you got your whole build, all your perks and your armor and your weapons, everything synergized. There should be some sort of test for it. Now that doesn't need to be a six man raid or whatever, or in, in division's case, a 12 man raid it doesn't need to be a raid every time, but there should be hard content. And even if it's, you know, missions with a harder difficulty, like, I mean, that's an easy way to, you know, stretch out content, but like things like that should still exist. It shouldn't only be that, but that, that stuff like that should exist. So there should be the, as I said, a, a game should strive to have this kind of like end game content where after you beat the initial storyline, you can just jump into this end game. And like, you can't jump into the end game like until, you know, you beat the storyline and like a lot of stuff is gated for, you know, you need a certain level, you need a, you need certain gear, you need to be powerful enough to, to go into this stuff. And it's usually pretty collaborative as well. It's usually, you know, you're playing with other people too. I agree. The end game, though I maybe not into the high level stuff like raids and such, uh, there has to be something after the main quote story is done. And I'd like to use two examples. The worst example that I played through was the original Destiny before the raid came out, where it was like, it was very quick, you, you, 10 hours at the most, you beat the storyline. It was very easy to finish the storyline. There maybe have been a little bit longer than that, but not by much. And at that point, you were just like, oh, I just want better gear to have better gear and then the raid came out and then they slowly introduced new game modes over the course of the year and i think that was good now the game we've it's weirdly i thought this i thought this podcast was going to be a big like uh destiny 2 like rah rah booster but it's actually turning into a division 2 booster somehow because division 2 had this great thing where once you finish the storyline you go back and do these missions, but now this new enemy type was introduced. Like this, this and they whole take over fit. the city and they do different things and so now you're actually kind of like it's really you have the first game, which is you getting to that point, and then you have this almost second version of the same game that comes free with the game, where 
oh, now I'm doing like the Capitol Hill mission again. I'm doing the uh, Georgetown Library or whatever, but now it's with a different enemy type. And now I have a different reason to do this because I want to do these. I want to eventually do the raid on their big. And it, it was interesting. It was sort of like, oh, you know what? Now that I'm done, I'm not just rerunning the same strike over and over. I'm doing the same strike, but now there's a different enemy that has a distinctly different and tougher set of uh, moves. Is that the term? Like abilities? Mecha- mechanics? Mecha- yeah. Mechanics. Yeah, that's, that's the word. So I th- I agree with you. I think basically the end game is very important for a live service game. And it also has to be kind of like, it can't be the same end game forever. It has to keep like, oh, eventually we'll add a new raid. We'll add a new game. We'll add a new thing. A uh, new horde mode. A new this, yeah. a new that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, absolutely. And that's the like, that's the game as a surface, right? Yeah. That's exactly. like, the, that's like the whole thing about it. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know what? That I, I forgot. I kind of forgot about how once you beat division one, you get to the final mission and it's like, oh, by the way, you cleared out the city for these guys. Now they're going to come. Division like, 2. Not sorry, Division, division Yeah, Division 2. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so you go through, you clean out the whole city, you get rid of all these roving gangs and these different, like, <laughs> sections of... Uh, by the way, as a sidebar, in the apocalypse, I'm going to be the guy who's like, I'm going to blow myself up as I charge towards the enemies. Like, who volunteers for that? Like, you live through a plague and you're like, yeah, but I still want to die. So, yeah, I'm just going to blow myself up. It's got it, nothing left to lose. Yeah. But yeah, so you have all these different factions and you go through and you clean up Washington, D.C. And then you think you've kind of beat the game. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm at the end game now. And then it's like, oh, like, what are they called? The Black Tusk? Black Tusk, yeah. Yeah, they're like a paramilitary organization. <laughs> weirdest name, by the way. Black Tusk? Like, okay. Yeah, this way, yeah, it's like this paramilitary organization. They have like you know those like robot dogs, and they're just like armed to the teeth, and they have all this like future tech and shit. They're like an evil, more evil Blackwater. Yeah, well, that's saying something. Um, yeah, so then it's just like yeah, you then you have to go through all these missions again, but fighting against the Black Tusk, and you mm-hmm. know they're it's it's cool because it's you know it's it doubled the playtime of the game, but at the same time it's different, but. Yeah. You know, it it was yeah. That that was, shout shout out to Division Two. Their launch shout was out to Division Two. Yeah, their launch was it was really really good. As I said, it kind of you know didn't didn't just didn't have necessarily the staying power that I would have liked it to. Not I like Division War, but the game is very much it becomes like work almost. I don't want to say that completely a hundred percent because that's a really negative thing to call a game calling it work. But Division Two is definitely a game where like. You spend a lot more time going, okay, what am I trying to do right now beyond simply have fun? Like with Destiny, you're like, oh, I'm going to do some Gambit. I like Gambit. Oh, I'm in the mood for this and you're going to get rewards. With Division 2, you had to go, okay, I need to get a better uh, assault rifle or whatever. Okay, so I got to go do this. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like like for me, Division, like I we've, we've, we've talked about this before, but um, Division 1 for me just had that certain... Like it, they're very, they're both very samey and at the same time very different. Mm-hmm. Like one is like definitely two improves a lot on one, but it's just like one had this like just New York City in the winter time, the atmosphere, the uh, you know the the snowfall when you're in the dark zone, you can't see shit. Just like, the novelty it, of the gameplay alone. Yeah, it, and that's that's the thing too. And like, again, a lo- like when that game launched, like the enemies were like super bullet spongy, and like you can kind of get away with that with aliens. But then when people are like, people don't like it when it's like I shoot a guy in the head with a with a gun with one bullet, he should be dead. And it's like a lot of people just couldn't get their head around that with Division One, especially. And like it launched, and the the, the enemies were super bullet spongy. Mm-hmm. And they did tone that down a little bit, and then they ramped it back up, and then toned it back down. D- Division One has a storied, a storied history. 
sorry, just as a quick sidebar on this topic, like, bullet sponging is a big problem in a lot of live service games because that's how you make enemies tough and thing. But I can't really think of it a good alternative other than flooding with, like, less tough enemies. I, I, it's sort of funny, like, bullet sponging I don't like, but it's I definitely do not have a solution for it. You guys gotta make mechanics, like, like yeah. that's, that's it. That's, yeah, more mechanical stuff. Yeah. Is like you know you got you got to make like like that lost sector on the moon where you actually have to do something other than just shoot your way to the enemy like the one with the uh, the crystals the, yeah exactly yeah I mean that's a very rudimentary mechanic but I mean you see like more mechanics and like raids and shit like that yeah I mean it's 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 a, like we we've talked about this too where it's like if you're in a match made activity you have to find that balance between a mechanic that is you know doable between three people that maybe are doing this for the first time maybe Aren't talking either yeah exactly that don't communicate that don't know each other um so you have to find this balance between things that can be done with between strangers who maybe have never done them before and something that is just like you said just okay this guy has more health yeah and, and i don't have a solution to this yeah it's just yeah, like i mean you like destiny one pretty much like there was n- almost no mechanics for bosses like especially vanilla destiny they were just big guys with big health bars hmm. and then they started to introduce mechanics now you see in destiny 2 like pretty much all the bosses have some sort of rudimentary mechanic um even if it's like they just go immune for a bit or disappear which is annoying as hell yeah. but yeah it's just uh, you got to find a, a balance between having a shit ton of ads and you know a big beefy boss it's just one of those things where like like you said that's that's how you can really see that you're getting stronger is like okay i can kill that guy faster now but it's like if every enemy just takes one bullet then like what's you know what's the point of leveling up when you know there's no point leveling when when you know things take one bullet but you have to like look at it this way where it's like it is kind of an rpg right um like back in the day you would summon like a meteor down from the heavens and then like it would like rain down and like strike your enemy for like 68 damage. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, if this was real life, yeah, one bullet would shoot a guy. If this was real life, if I summoned a meteor down from the heavens, like not only would this guy be dead, but I would take a like, you know, 20 square city blocks. So, I mean, you just got to find this balance. Just, there is yeah. a willful suspension of disbelief that you just have to go along with and be like, yep, like this guy at least uh, also the division two they did add a lot more guys with armor that you had to chunk off so that was definitely a thing that they kind of you know mitigated that kind of um you know uh i don't know what you call it but you know that not realistic approach to yeah like if you were doing a heroic checkpoint or something like that you would just sit there and be like constantly shooting this one just regular soldier who is you know, usually not that tough, but he just has so much armor. You're like, plan, plan, plan. Okay, come on. It, it, I think it's also because in a live service game, while the game is changing, also the characters are changing. Like your character gets more powerful, gets better gear. So they have to kind of balance it between how do you keep up with a power level that's not consistent in the player and then is rapidly changing. It's a complicated thing that I definitely don't have a solution for. So Yeah, yeah. It's like it's about it's about fulfilling that power fantasy that players have but not allowing for power creep like you can't like you can't just by the end of the game be just fucking one-shotting everything and just like steamrolling like nobody has fun i mean it is fun to an extent but you can't just have that always like you need to it's not a staying fun it's not a fun that lasts i find yeah yeah you need to have some sort of way to increase the difficulty but yeah so i think to wrap it up we have been this uh, this has actually gone longer than I thought it would. But I don't to know, wrap- 57 minutes is one of our shorter recordings. That's true. 
I, I had a couple more points I wanted to jump on, but I, th- I, th- I think we can wrap it up here. Yeah, sure. Do you think games as a live service, live live service games, do you think they are the model is sustainable, and do you think there is a future for it? Uh, yes, and yes. I think that live service gaming is basically. I think video game companies want people to spend more money on them than rather the old fashioned like, oh, we dropped this. You spent sixty bucks to every November to buy the new Call of Duty. Goodbye. You know, it's it just makes sense. And I think I I think like you were saying earlier, I don't really have a problem with that so long as. The money I'm spending is more, I f- when I spend it, I don't go like, oh, I need this to have fun. I'm more like, oh, you know what? I just had fun for the last three months, so I'll buy the next season's Battle Pass. And then I have another f- three months of fun, and then I'll buy the next season's Battle Pass. And just so long as they va- um, they value, they give you good value for the money, I see it being consistent. And honestly, like, I mean, if I was a corporation, I'd be like, oh, do I just release one video game that has a huge sale when it first comes out and then just slowly peters off into nothing? Or do I release a game that has a huge sale when it comes out and then keeps generating a low level of revenue for the next two years, three years, one year, whatever the plan is. So I think they're here to stay. And I think it's something we're going to see more of, to be honest. And I think like, well, like you start off this uh, episode with the Assassin's Creed news that it's going to be a live service game, which I have so many fucking questions about. Oh, yeah. We never circled back on that. <laughs> well, let's do that. How about we wrap up by circling back on Assassin's Creed? How do you make a very single player game? A live service game. Okay, because... All right, I got to rant here for a second. So the whole concept of Assassin's Creed, if you haven't played these games, is you travel back in time because you have the DNA of somebody who was at this one moment in time. Like, uh, oh, this guy was during the uh, French Revolution. This guy was during the American Revolution. He was there and he was doing stuff. So, like, live service games, as we mentioned, work best when it's a persistent character for you. So you're going to, first of all, create a character. And I'm guessing it may not be as tailored to a storyline as it used to be but it's gonna be like oh yeah you had an ancestor who was uh in you know Edo japan then during the end of the shogunate era oh and he was also in uh post-world war one or the well technically post-world war one like you know during the russian revolution of 1917 like how do you have a character who travels you tell back me you can't can create some sort of MacGuffin to make that happen that's so oh, that easy might be something where it's like oh you suck the dna yeah, that's, out of some of that's that. so it, it, it's just so sort of feels easy to... like it, i i don't know i'm curious to see how they're going to handle that but also it well becomes also like, you need to make it so that if it is a live service game you need to make it so that like there's a bunch of like it's yeah, it's, it's feasible. Person. Yeah, it's feasible that there's like a bunch of people like this because, like in Destiny, it's like you're the guardian, you're the guy, but also everybody also is that guy as well. But they, when the storyline, it's always like you're special. Those two guys you're on with your strike with, yeah, they're fine. But like, yeah, good but job like on every, you. yeah, it's like you're special. You are the but guy, everybody but else, everybody else. And that's how it'll probably be. Like you're the number one assassin. I mean, we got these other assassin friends who just showed up. I don't know. I'm sorry. And then actually, one of the other things I was thinking about. And this was a really is how do you balance the weapons? Because if they start jumping around in time, which I'm going to assume they're going to do, like. You get a gun from 1917. That's going to be way better than the musket you got from 1776. You know, it's like, how do you justify that? Like, oh, this musket is as powerful as the M16 I picked up in uh, Vietnam War or something like that. Like, it's uh, going to be... Maybe that'll just be... I you have don't to know how you do that. For that. I, that's going to bother me if that's what it is. If it's just straight up like, yeah, this musket's as good as that. Okay, sure, one fire slower. That. That's yeah, I mean, it is, it is pretty cool, though, that I think that it is going to be, like, it's almost going to be, like, different, pl- I feel like it's going to be, like, different planets in Destiny, but it'll be, like, different yeah. time zones. Yeah, I'm curious how to do it, and I, I can't wait to be assassinating somebody in, like, Victorian London dressed like a medieval guy with a hat that happens to be from the 
early 20th century. Well, maybe know. that'll be like, they'll be like, who is this guy? This guy's a freak and maybe they'll like attack you or something. Like, who knows what the AI is going to be like? Like, who knows? Maybe, well, again, maybe- but the whole conceit, conceit of the game is you're playing through memories. Like, essentially, you're not, you're just reliving a memory. Okay, but that's, that's like, okay. Like, that, like there's a lot of questions I have here and I don't know what the answers are and I'm curious to see how it plays okay, out. Okay, but also I'm thinking maybe to like, go to a place you need to be like period accurate for that place kind of thing it's like all right i'm going to like colonial uh i'm going to colonial america yeah. it's so like maybe let, you have like me, an outfit custom for that all right, yeah. hold on let me let me finish my thought well, let yeah. me have a thought as well wait you may go oh my goodness oh I, i'm sorry are we looking at waveforms and who talks a lot um yeah i think maybe you just have to like be like all right i gotta grab my like my fucking petticoat and my musket if i'm going to like colonial uh america or it's like if you're going to like you know Edo japan you got you gotta you know grab your samurai sword maybe it's locked to like time period just mm. like to like not fuck with that but i yeah i don't know i i'm kind of like i'm not a big assassin's creed guy but i am interested in that we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see how they do curious to see how this plays out i it's it's a sort of idea where i'm like huh i would never have thought live service plus assassin's creed but but again, this just goes back to answer your earlier question of whether or not we think it's a good thing in the future. I'm like, I think for at least the near future, it's going to be a big thing. Almost every game is going to have some kind of live service addition to whether it's a full on live service game or just like we're releasing a few DLCs by our battle pass so you can have like pink hair in the game. Yeah, at, at least like we t- we talked about with, um, you know, shoehorning in the live service aspect as like it seems like. This new Assassin's Creed game is like we talked about. It, like it's gonna have the live service built into the DNA. It's not gonna be like shoehorned in or like tacked on after the fact. It seems like it's gonna be like you know made from the ground up with that idea. Obviously not the ground up. They have you know the Unity engine or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have that built already. I'm sure they're gonna rely heavily on that. But you know what I mean. It's like yeah. the like the mechanics of the game are gonna be built on a live service model and idea. I'm gonna kind of disagree with you though. How you say you're gonna see more of it. I. Th- think we've already crested the peak of like i think it's like you know how mmos like up like emma like wow got popular and then a bunch of mmos came out and then like most of them died and now you have what you have like final fantasy you have like you know you know you you have a few scrolls online yeah you have elder scrolls online sure you have obviously um Star Wars Galaxy. Is still Star going. Wars Galaxy. Yeah, you you have like a few. Like you have the ones that have lasted, and I think that's what's going to happen. It's like I don't see Destiny going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Division. I'm sure there's going to be a Division three. They have some. Um, what's that? They have some PvP. Division thing. Heartland. Heartland. I always forget what it's called. I think I've asked you like <laughs> nine times what it's you called. You started saying it as I was saying like, oh, he's going to talk about that game. What the fuck is it called? Heart, Heart Heartland Land. That's it. and then I made it sound like I knew more like Fartland. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I, I do not condone that. Sorry, it, it got it got PG thirteen here for a second. I don't think I think we will still see games with it. With I think there's there may be aspects of it that games will have, but I don't think like we've seen so I like we've seen so many like like we've seen so many live service games fail over the last couple of years like I can't even think of like the ones like you have like the like the Todd Howard one and shit like that and you just have all these games 76 Fallout 76 well right. yeah Fallout 76 sure that one is still I really don't know a lot about that game I don't have an opinion about it yeah yeah um yeah so yeah Fallout 76 I just couldn't I'm like it's Fallout mm-hmm. something <laughs> you said Todd Howard game so I was like hmm. I know I know 
yeah so you you have all these games where it's just like they, they've come and gone i feel like studios are realizing that if they want to do it properly it's going to cost a lot of money it's going to be a lot of man hours it's going to be a lot of effort like especially you know you see so many games have failed i just mm-hmm. i i think i think the the trend is kind of over i'm not going to say you're never going to see another uh destiny ever again like you have um What's well, what's 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 the one you played recently? The single player one. Oh, Outriders. Outriders. I mean, it's not really. It's more like single player Destiny that happens to have a multiplayer aspect. Like it's sort of. I wouldn't call it a live service game because I yeah, don't yeah. think they really added anything post launch. Or maybe there was. A, they didn't. I didn't catch it. Or there's plans to. But um, yeah. No. That's, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It, where it's, it's like I think player. I think you might see games with it with like sort of aspects of a live service game, mm-hmm. and you may see another popular live service game straight up launched. But with like you know Avengers not doing so well, with Anthem not doing so well, I I think the trend is dead. Like with kind of like the battle royale games, like there will always be battle royale games, but the trend is dead. MMOs, the trend is dead. Um, I think the live service trend is dead. Um, maybe not dead, but on its way out. Um, I strongly disagree. It's as alive as my 3D television I have that I forget it has 3D option. Do you actually have a 3D television? I do. Yeah, you know what? I, it wasn't like I said, ooh, I need a 3D television. I got a TV and I was like, oh, it does 3D? Cool. Oh, uh, you know, I with little know glasses and you put it, it's not very good. My, my my friend had a TV, a 3D TV. Um, it was all right. We played, mm-hmm. we played, uh, it was cool because one thing that was cool was you could, pl- there were some games that supported it where you could each put on the glasses and then each see the game full screen. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't often have people over to play, so that wasn't an issue for me. And I found just using it, I was like, this is fine, but you know, like, I, I, it just wasn't good enough to care. But um, going, sorry, a <laughs> little bit of a tangent about television purchases. I can see what you're saying and maybe think, but I'm thinking more any mid-level game uh, publisher or game studio is going to definitely at some point look at live service. Because one of the things they'll say about the failures that live service games have had is that a lot of them feel like uh, own goals. Like, it's kind of like they were like, it wasn't like, oh, they they sort of looked at something and took the wrong idea out of it completely when it, the solution was like, oh, you know, like with uh, Anthem, loading screens between sections? No, don't have that. Nor uh, have to grind. Like, they never feel like the game was fun, but something about the funness of the game prevented it from being a live service. It feels like the game was fun, but the, something about their live service prevented it from being a live service. And I think that that sort of thing is something that over time, companies are going to realize what the mistakes were more and start... Look at more. We might not be. I think you might be right. I think we might be past the crest, but I feel we we have a long tail on this where you're going to be seeing a live service game every year or two or something come out, and I, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Well, I mean, I, a live service game every year or two, I feel like is it pretty much going away. Well, okay, I mean more than I guess every year or two, like one thing. But I feel like people are going to keep attempting at it. I would say I just feel like they're really expensive mistakes, and I feel like they're like studios. They like see the potential. They're like, oh, there's so much money to be made, but like, ooh, there's such a potential for failure. So I I don't know. As I said, I think we're going to see more of like the injecting of like live service aspects into games. I just hope, as I said, it's not just like the whole live service is just shoehorned mm-hmm. into a standard game and they're just taking a single player game and just trying to make it live service. And then, you know, and then so many games too, it's like, you'll see them release a fucking roadmap and then they just completely abandon said roadmap 
and then it's like cool i was i bought this game under the promise of all this of all these future updates all this future content and now i'm sitting here like you know i paid my what games have done that beside anthem i'm trying to think just off the top well i know like again well it's it's like they really tried it with uh well fucking the star wars one was it called um Battlefront? Bat- yeah, Battlefront. I was going to say Battlefront, but I felt like that was well, wrong. Well, Battlefront 2, I guess, yeah. Yeah, Battlefront 2. So it's like, I mean, you, you see games like that, that, I don't know, like, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of any. But there are just a bunch of games that, you know, got canceled that, you know, mm-hmm. there was also like Lawbreakers and stuff like that, where Lawbreakers was like a live service game where, you know, it lasted. I don't even remember this. I can vaguely remember hearing the name once. I don't I have even no idea about that. Yeah. Game. And then, like, like the thing is, too, it's like these live service games, like, you buy them, and then once the servers are done, they're done. Like, even vanilla, like, even Destiny 2, like, so much content we paid for is gone. Like, all of the vanilla 2, like, Destiny 2 campaign, like, all of the Curse of Osiris, Warmind stuff, all that stuff is gone. It's all, quote, sunset. So it's like, we paid for that shit. Like, where is it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too, where it's like these the once these games are taken off, the you know the servers are down, they're essentially gone forever. That and that's true. something it's something to be said about you know there's video game historians and stuff like that too that want to preserve a lot of games and like you know these live service games they can't. So I mean that's one thing too. Sorry, I'm tearing up at the thought of the loss of game history. <laughs> I mean it's true. I I, w- I I saw this thing about how there's like all these um people who like try to like preserve these old games like these old mobile games that were on like old phones in like japan and stuff like that and they're like going through like all these hoops to like try and like preserve all these like old mobile games anyway not me man i'm going back and erasing them i'm like taking old phones i find in japan just smashing them. like haha you'll never play this version of snake again wow call you arnold schwarzenegger over here the eraser Oh, I thought you were talking about my gubernatorial uh, term as head of California. I wasn't very good. I got I got impeached, and it was rightfully so. And on that note, I think that will wrap us up for our discussion on live service games. Mm-hmm. I would like to thank Sam Hall for always being the bestest co-host. Um, where can oh, people find Lord. you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at... Sam underscore last name, all spelled out, no actual underscore. And I'm not really on Twitter. There you have it, folks. I think one time you got two likes on a tweet and you you were super excited about that. Yeah, I got my two likes and then I'm like, well, I'm a huge influencer. And then it went to my head. You know, I had a whole mansion where it was me and some other people just tweeting and YouTube and just, it, you know, the two likes went to my head and quite frankly, it changed me and I didn't like who I became. So I decided to stop Twitter and just stick with Instagram because, you know. I'm an adult who doesn't really know what the kids are up to, but I do know how to use a computer. Yeah, I think I think you were part of the Team Ten household, weren't you? Oh yeah, England oh, is yeah. my city. <laughs> Canada is my lake. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm from downtown Canada. Do you know Kevin? No, Kevin I know from Canada. I, I I know I know Bill. I know Bill. That's, oh, that's yeah, it. Good guy. yeah, you can find me uh, at L-A-N-C-A. That's E-L-A-E-N-C-I-A-E on all the places. That's what I use for everything. Yeah. 
Um, if you enjoyed this, please check out other Mind Refinery stuff. You can find Mind Refinery on, you know, Apple Music. You can find them on Spotify. Our YouTube has lots of great content. Yeah, take a peruse. We got lots of stuff for you. We got culinary stuff. We got cosplay stuff. We got all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we got documentaries. We got music videos. Of course, we got podcasts. We got a whole bunch of different stuff. We got movie podcasts. We got music podcasts. And as always, you have us at Buffs and Nerfs. And on that note, signing off, as always, thank you so much for your time and have yourselves a great and wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, whatever whatever you got going on. Never tell me the odds. Really, Sashi! I regret starting that.